You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Luke chapter 4. Now, before I went away, we spent a considerable time looking at understanding the anointing. That as a series has been completed, and so I want to encourage you that if you did miss that session, any of those sessions, that you go back on our social media or our podcast and go and listen to it because it's an extremely important foundation. The anointing is everything to us. Even in our name, we are called Christians, which are Christians. The word Christ means the anointed. And we are the anointed ones in Christ. And whenever you see the word Christ, always remember to translate it as the anointed one, which includes his anointing. That's what makes him the anointed one. We discovered that the anointing is a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so understanding that this anointing is everything that makes us who we are today as the body of the anointed, the body of Christ, we want to now take this and use that as a foundation as we move forward and study so many other things that are important to us as believers. One of the very exciting things is that when Jesus died on the cross, He paid for your salvation in full. He paid the price we should have paid, knowing that our sin was sending us to hell. Jesus paid the price to get us out of hell and gave us eternal life so that we know for a fact that the day when we are done with this planet and we leave, we have eternity already settled. Not something you have to wonder if you're good enough to make it and you don't know if you, you never know what's going to happen. No, you know that you have an eternity with Jesus. Someone shout amen. amen. But not only did He pay for your salvation, He paid for so many other promises. And amongst those promises is a promise of divine healing, to live in the house that He lived in. And He gave it to us as a promise. If you have a look once again at verse 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Everybody say power. And news of him went around throughout all the regions, surrounding region. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. And then he came to Nazareth, which was his hometown, and where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. You and I would have said, let's turn to Isaiah 61. And then he read from verse 1, yeah, it's verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me too. There's purpose to the anointing. It's always there for a reason. It's not just to feel good or have goosebumps or to lie on the floor and laugh. Those things happen. But when you get up, there's an empowerment to do what we need to do. And so He's anointed me to preach the good news. Everybody say the gospel. The gospel is the good news to the poor. Now listen, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendants, sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, the reason it says there is he began to say, we will see in a moment that he was interrupted. Now, this, uh, that's what we want to study out. What happened from that moment? Because I alluded to this during our study 
of the anointing. But today I want to say, okay, what was it? What happened as a release of this? Because remember, this is right after Jesus has been baptized. So this is his opening message as an empowered, anointed man of God. He is God, but I'm talking about the man Jesus preaching under the anointing. And yeah, he says, he closed the book and he began to say. Now, you go and have a look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He said there, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to Well, what is that anointing? Acts 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. There's your scripture confirming that the anointing is no longer oil or just some kind of force. It is a person. Say that the anointing is the person of the Holy Spirit. And he anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Power. Everybody say power. And he went about doing good. Now listen. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God was with Not because he was God. Very often people say, well, Jesus did everything he did because he's Jesus. Well, that's true. But he didn't do it as God. Even though we know he is God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says... Let this mind be in you, which was also in the anointed Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now listen to verse seven. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Now you do a word study of that, of no reputation. The Greek words used there literally talks about emptying out, emptying himself. In other words, he as God, remember John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus always will be God. But when he came into the earth, he emptied himself of those privileges, of that power. And then verse eight, it says, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So yeah, we see that Jesus emptied himself in order to come in the likeness of a man. So a man on his own did not have the power. So you go back to verse 38 of Acts chapter 10, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus of heaven. This is the man born that emptied himself of the power of God right up to the baptism. You don't see any power in his life. You don't see any miracles. Once he's baptized, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Now with the Holy Spirit, he's anointed with the Holy Spirit. Now he goes about doing good and healing because God was with him. This is the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. So now with the presence of the Holy Spirit, let's go back to verse 22. So he's just said, Today, the scriptures fulfilled in your hearing. I'm anointed. Verse 22. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Now, you know, when you look at that statement originally, you know, if you didn't know anything about scripture or what else was coming up, it goes, they marveled at him. That would sound like a positive thing. 
you know, wow, look at this man. He knows so much and he speaks with a power and authority. But you notice the next statement, they said, is this not Joseph's son? And what in that statement, I'll show you cross-references in a moment, what they were doing is a familiarity kicked in. And you and I need to be very cautious about that. Because everywhere Jesus went, if you keep studying it out, wherever he went, people would flock in thousands. When the news got out about who Jesus was and the amount of miracles happening in his life and healings, he would walk into town. They would be all over the place. I mean, Zacchaeus climbed up a tree to try and see him. Everybody was trying to touch him. But when he went home, they said, but we know you. And we've got to be very cautious with that particularly if we have close family members. You know, if I speak to preachers, uh, preachers' wives or husbands, whoever's the one preaching, is be very careful when you get too close. You understand, you've got to be close and intimate, but I'm talking about, oh no, I I don't really receive anything from you. Or if you know a family member, uh, you know, it's very difficult. Sometimes you go and try and talk to people and you, even as a cell leader or or, or area pastor, whatever, you know, everybody listens and they say, wow, you, you know, we come to your meeting, we listen with wisdom and we, we receive from your wisdom. But then you go to a family member and they're not really interested. Now, we got to watch out. We, that doesn't happen to us. No matter how close I get to my pastor, I've got to always keep him in the right place <clears throat> to make sure I can keep receiving from him. And so you'll notice because he, at the, his next statement, verse 23, he says, you will surely say this proverb <clears throat> to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we've heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. What's he saying? The moment they said, we know your father, we know your mother, we know your brothers and your sister." What he said was, now, I know what you're trying to say, is heal yourself, O physician. In other words, if you have all these wonderful miracles, then do it. And you need to be able to perform these miracles. And you need to be able to show and prove yourself. If you're trying to tell us that you're so strong, then you need to be able to show us those, those same miracles. Keep reading. Look at verse 24. He said, assuredly, I say to you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up for three years. Now, we read about Elijah going to this widow woman in Kings, and what Jesus is saying, she wasn't the only one that had a problem. And yet, Elijah only went to her. And he goes and he says, there was up three years and six months, there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath. Everybody say sent. In the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow, many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Now, It's very interesting to see this because you notice Jesus is saying, I'm here to tell you I'm anointed and you're already questioning my authority. 
And they're saying, well, if you are this healed person, well, go ahead and do miracles. Heal yourself and heal other people. Just go for it. Now, I've had people say that to me where, you know, if, if, if you really believe in healing, well, why don't you go to the hospital down the road and just pray for everybody. Just, just pray that there's all the beds, everybody's healed. And what Jesus is saying here, even he couldn't do that. He is saying, if you look at all the widows in Zarephath, and yet only one was helped because Elijah was sent to her. Now the question is, who sent her? Who sent him? That would be the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying, even Elijah could only do the miracle where he was sent. Jesus is implying this about himself. I know for myself, I mean, many times I've, I've had people call me and they're, they're, someone's on their deathbed and they'll, I can almost sense as I walk in, you know, this is it or this one's coming home, they'll, they'll be healed. And it's, you know, it's something I had to learn because you want to pray for everybody. You want everybody to, you want everybody to be healed, everybody to rise up. But as I'm sitting there, I go, no, this is over. I can tell by the Spirit. I can tell by what they're saying. I can tell by the level of faith in the room. There's a lot. There's different factors, and it's difficult to, to put it into context, into, into A, B, C, D. It's just a knowing. There's, a, there's an inward witness. And I know this person's going home. And, uh, you know, you don't want to give up hope for the family. You're standing faith. But I also know that I'm not going to fight a faith, fight a battle if the enemy, if, if the enemy's already done the work and God is saying, no, this is, this is happening. Now, it's not that God doesn't want to heal them. I'm going to show you this from the Word. It's not that God doesn't want to do it. There's so many other factors involved. But I cannot just turn on healing because I want to. It has to be Holy Spirit sent. It has to be Holy Spirit inspired. And the moment the Holy Spirit sends that word, yes, it's like one day I went to go and visit somebody. They were in hospice. And while I was in hospice, and anybody knows hospice, it is a hospital that they've set up that if somebody's terminally ill, that means the doctors have given up all hope. It's done. It's over. It's finished. They then put them into hospice, and it's just simply making them as comfortable as possible, knowing they've got days left. And so this person was in hospice, and the family let us know, and we went to go and visit them. And while we were talking to this person, I just heard in my spirit, it's not over. It's not over. This person is coming home. And so I started speaking life, and I started speaking faith. And I said, do you, do you want to live or do you want to die? She says, I'm not ready to go. I, I want to live. I said, well, the Lord says you're going to walk out of here. And I started speaking the Word of God. And by the time I left, she was so full of hope and she was smiling and excited. And even on the way out, a, a nurse stopped me and said, excuse me, Reverend Back, can I have a word with you? And she kind of took me aside behind a curtain and said, do you understand this, this is hospice? I said, yes, ma'am, I do. She says, you know why people come here? It's because they're on their way out. You know, we don't want to give people a false hope. I said, it's not a false hope. Because faith is the... 
substance of things hoped for. And I have a promise from God. I'm not just saying something because I want to say it. God has spoken. There's a hope yeah. There's a faith yeah. And you could see on her face, you, don't, you just don't seem to get it. You know, like you've given this, this lady. Listen, family, I don't, listen. Even if somebody dies the next hour, I would far rather go out here praising God, giving glory to Jesus. My eyes are closed. Hallelujah. I believe God's healed me. Hallelujah. Glory. God is so good. He's healed me. I'm walking out of here. Next moment, I feel a tap on my shoulder. I look up and, and I'm in heaven and there's an angel saying, you made it. I mean, I'd far rather go into heaven that way and to God, oh, no, no, I'm not going to die now. Come on. What's a false hope? There's no such thing as a false hope. There's hope for life because life doesn't end when you take your last breath here. Think of somebody that, 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 that may be crippled or hurt or damaged or, or trapped in a body they could, don't have control of. When they step out of this body, that's, that's the best healing they've got. They've, they're doing cartwheels in heaven that they couldn't do on the planet. You see, if you have an eternity mindset, death's not the end. So if we understand that, then I mean, people say, well, why then believe for healing? You know, well, no, there's an assignment to do on the earth. And I need to fulfill my assignment. And I don't want to do it broken and, and hurting and sick and struggling and battle. I want to do it the best way possible. Someone say amen. amen. It's not that you can't do it any other way, but I would prefer if Jesus paid the price for it, then I want to walk in the fullness of it. How you say amen to that? And so you, you, you're not able to just turn on a miracle just because it has to be there. There's, there's different factors. And that's what I want to have a look at today to show you from the Word of God how important it is to understand this. Go back to verse 28. So notice Jesus even said that uh, some were, did not receive because they were, didn't have the prophets sent to them. Okay. Verse three, what's he implying is that even he needs to be sent. Okay, we'll, we'll show that. Verse 28, so all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. They were angry and they rose up and thrust him out of the city and they led him to the brow of the hill on which the city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff. So now they want to kill the man for saying he's anointed, but I can only anoint you if you receive it. I can only heal you if I'm sent to you. <laughs> now they want to kill him. And then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. Now, I don't have time to spend on verse 30, but that's amazing. They're all ready to throw him off the cliff. And then next moment they're looking and saying, where is he? Do you have him? I thought you have him. No, I thought I saw you brought him up. Now he's gone. He just went through them. Okay, that's a whole nother story. Verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was authority. Now, I want to have a look at a cross-reference here, at Mark chapter 6. It's the similar event, and you can tell it by the wording that it was probably in this meeting. Verse 4, Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. 
Now, he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Look at verse 5. He could do no mighty work there. Notice it didn't say he didn't do any mighty work. Could do no means he, he wasn't able to. So people have this impression that Jesus, when he walked on the earth, just went around throwing miracles. Everywhere he saw a problem, he just said, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. You know, it's Jesus, he can do that. And yet, yeah, the Bible says that when he was at his hometown, he was not able to do it. You see that? He could do no mighty work there, except he laid his hands on a few sick people. Well, how many is a few? You know, usually when you say few, you mean three, four, five. Isn't that usually a few? So in all the crowd, he couldn't heal. He only healed a few. So, and notice it was minor ailments. Only a few sick people, he healed them. Now, why was the reason? Look at verse five. He marveled because of their unbelief. So... It's not possible just to throw a miracle in the person's direction. The unbelief stopped him from being able to move. Can you see that? So what was the solution? Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Everybody say teaching. Now why teaching? So he's in the hometown. He's now anointed with power. He gets up. He's so excited. He's in his hometown. This is where he's going to do his opening message. He says, now what we've been waiting for is, yeah, I'm anointed to heal you. And they turned around and through their, uh, their, their familiarity were not able to receive. And he said, the problem is, you're not receiving what has been sent to you. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't heal them. And so the response of Jesus was he went about teaching. Teaching. Everybody say teaching. That's an important statement there. Why would he go about teaching? Well, come and have a look at Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 24. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. What does thronged mean? A multitude was all around him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. Verse 27 when she heard about Jesus, everybody underline that. She heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction and Jesus Immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. Everybody say power. power. Now we've already learned that power is the person of the Holy Spirit. So this power has gone out of him. 
turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Daughter, your faith. Now, family of God, what healed her? Now, you read it, power flowed out of Jesus. Who's that? The person of the Holy Spirit, the anointing. So the anointing flowed out of Jesus. Now, we've already learned, and we don't have time to learn, learn it in detail, but based on what Jesus said in Nazareth, is that can only happen if he's sent. Evidently, this Holy Spirit has been sent, otherwise he would not have moved. So the power goes out. Now notice, Jesus is the person carrying the anointing. But technically, other than the hem of his garment, he was not involved. Because she didn't ask him to be healed. In fact, he didn't even know who it was. He turned and said, who touched me? So he wasn't asked for permission. He didn't release it. Yet he's the one carrying the anointing. The Holy Spirit moved into us. So if anybody is responsible for healing, it's the person of the Holy Spirit. But you notice Jesus didn't even say the Holy Spirit healed you. He said, your faith has made you whole. Amen. Now you study this out. I've got a whole bunch of scriptures here. We don't have time to read them all. So I'm just going to put them up on the board and you can write them down. This is just a few that I pulled, that I extracted. There's many others, but you can have a look here. Talking about your faith. Matthew chapter 9 verse 2. Now, I was told this day already, so I'm just asking the person upstairs to change the board. There we go. You can write them down. I'm going to read through them quickly. Matthew 9 verse 2 says that Jesus saw their faith. Matthew 9 22, daughter, your faith has made you well. Matthew 9 29, according to your faith, let it be to you. Matthew 15 28, oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. Mark 2 verse 5, Mark 5 34, Mark 10 52, Luke 5 20, Luke 7 50, Luke 8 48, Luke 17 verse 19, Luke 18 verse 42, receive your sight. Your faith made you well. Your faith, your faith. Your faith, your faith, your faith. Not once did Jesus ever say, study your Bible, all the Gospels. Not once did Jesus ever say, that was me that healed you. My faith made you well. Or the faith of the apostles. Some people say, well, if the, the original apostles were still on the earth, we'd still see many more miracles. The miracles stopped when the apostles died. No, Jesus never once said it was the apostles' power or him. He always said, your faith. And your faith didn't stop when Jesus died. And your faith didn't stop 
when the last apostle died of the 12 apostles. Apostles are still in office today. I don't have time to teach that. But I'm, people say with the last of the 12 apostles, when they stopped, when they died, then the miracles stopped. No, nowhere does the Bible say that's how it works. It had nothing to do with the person dispensing. Very often will come through somebody to lay hands. The Bible says lay hands on the sick, they will recover. But it's not the person working the miracle. Your faith. Everybody say, my faith. That's important to get a hold of that. Why? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Family of God, you can again do a whole study, cover to cover the Bible. There is only one way that faith comes is by hearing. Remember, she heard about Jesus, then said, and on her saying, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Jesus said, that was your faith at work. The fact that you said what you heard is how you got healed. Say this, faith is hearing and then me saying what I've heard, then acting as though it's done. That is faith. Have a look at Luke 5 verse 15. However, the report went out concerning him all the more and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. To hear and then be healed by him of their infirmities. Look at Luke chapter six, verse 17. He came down to them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples. And a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. How many? Now that's different to Nazareth, wasn't it? Nazareth, he could do no mighty work. And yet, yeah, they all got healed. How's that possible? Well, look again at verse 17. They came to yeah and be healed. They came to? They came to. They came to. Here. Didn't just say they heard. They came with the purpose of hearing. See, family, today many people want to be healed, but they don't want to hear. They want the healing, but the moment you try and sit them down and say, now this is the way. No, I'm, I don't want, I don't, 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 don't preach to me now. But that's the only way to your healing. That's the only way to your prosperity. It's the only way to your provision. It's the only way for protection in your family. Any of God's promises. The only way to it is by hearing. It's the only way faith comes is by hearing. 
And as long as I'm looking at somebody, like with that familiarity, no, I don't think you can teach me anything, well, then you'll never receive anything from that person. I have to put my familiarity aside. I don't care how close I am to that person, but if they have the Word of God, I wanna hear what they've got to say because the only way faith comes is if I'm listening with the intent of hearing. See, a lot of people will listen, but not hear. See, they may come to listen, because you get those that just say, I'm not interested, I don't wanna hear anything, don't, don't preach to me. But then you get others, they'll come to church, but not really getting it. Because if you're going to hear the Word, means you actually have to hear it. I know that sounds obvious, just write it down, you'll get it later. But to hear the Word, you have to hear it, which means you need to be listening to hear. So not just on the Sunday, because on Sunday, yes, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. But by Monday, the devil's whacked it out of you, beating you up, you're in pain, in agony, struggling, battling. And I'm going to know what's happening. The devil's always on my case, always attacking me. All right, by Wednesday, I'm like, life is just done. I'm not going to have it. Okay, what word have you listened to? Well, Sunday, yeah, but you ate food on Sunday. I'm sure you ate Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. By Thursday, you're hungry. If you tell me you are starved on Thursday, I'm going to ask you, when last did you eat? Well, I ate on Sunday. That could be the problem. You need to eat every day. You need faith every day. You need to eat every day. You need to hear the Word every day. How many of us actually get up and take the Word out every morning and read it out loud to get it down into our heart? We make it so easy for you here. Everything's on podcast. You don't even have to just plug the thing in and listen. But come with the purpose of hearing because it's in the hearing, not just the listening. What is God saying to me? In the hearing, when they came to hear, they were healed. And notice, they all were healed. The widow woman had to have the prophet sent and only the one that was sent to received. The others got nothing. Well, that seems unfair. How come one person? No, hang on. What moves the Holy Spirit? Faith. When someone hears the word and says, I believe that word is for me and then you speak that word, that is the Holy Spirit being sent. That woman with the issue of blood, the Holy Spirit didn't say, I wasn't sent for you today. She said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. How did she figure that out? Because she heard other people did the same thing. And because she heard it, she said, I can do the same. She didn't care if God gave her permission. She didn't care if Jesus was involved. She didn't care. She knew if I, if I touch him, I'll be healed. And on that basis, having spoken, she touched. The Holy Spirit said, well, she believes I'm obligated to move. And he considered that as being sent and she was healed. Come on, give Jesus praise if you're getting this. <clears throat> he healed them all. Matthew 9, 35. Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Watch this. Teaching in their synagogues. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing. How many? 
every sickness, every disease among the people. Notice the order. One, teaching. Then two, preaching. Then three, healing. Not the other way around. Begins with hearing. Matthew 8, verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirit with a word and healed how many? All who were sick. Why? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Notice, on the cross, not only did he die to take your sin, he also bore every sickness. And if he paid the price for every sickness, then he has healed all. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is not dependent on a few that God happens to choose. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Salvation was paid for for all mankind. At the same time, healing was paid for for all mankind. All we have to do is hear and we will receive it. Amen. You receive something? Come on, let's give Jesus praise for his word. Let's stand together. Place your hand on your heart, lift your other hand and say this, today I've heard the word of God. That word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. I position myself to hear. The only way faith comes to my heart is by hearing the word of God. I need to be in a place to hear. I need to purpose to hear the Word. And as I hear the Word of God, faith grows in my heart. And as that faith grows, I reach out to receive from God all His promises because His promises are received by faith. And I hear the Word that causes that faith to grow in my heart, and that faith pleases God. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise.